I get excited when I am reminded of how awesome God is. You know, and I think sometimes we forget how awesome he is. You know, we've, we, we live in a state, you know, that, that um, likes the Vikings. And I remember one time when we were going up to Buffalo Wild Wings for lunch, and uh, we, we were going, and, and we were going to be up there because we had to go up there, so we decided to stop at Buffalo Wild Wings, but I knew it was going to be packed because it was in the playoffs, and, um, and the Vikings were playing, and that day we got in, and it was packed. And when the Vikings scored and won the game, the whole play, rah! And I remember my son, you know, looking in a comatose state because the Buffaloings were filled up to his eyes. And, and he's like, man, I didn't know there were so many Vikings fans in the state of Minnesota. I said, yeah, it's crazy. Well, a few years later, a few years later, um, I took my boys to the Detroit Lions game on Thanksgiving Day. And we're walking down, man. It's just such a forward field. It's just beautiful. And once again, my son turned to me and said, Dad, I, I, I didn't know there were so many Lions fans. <laughs> you know? I said, I know, son. That's why we have faith. We, we gather once a, once a week, and we have faith to believe that we have the support of fans. And, and, you know, sometimes, though, I say that because sometimes we forget how awesome it is to be in God's presence and how awesome it is to be a child of God. You see, we have to walk in confidence of knowing who we are. Now, when, when you are a Lions fan or you're in a, a setting where there's a whole bunch of people gathered and you all have one agenda to root for the team that you love or that you support, it's, it's powerful. It really is. You know, we, we went to the Lions game and they had no chance of making the playoffs. Uh, matter of fact, our starting quarterback was out. We had the third string playing against Chicago, and, uh, and it, was, it was something else. But, man, when that ball went up in the air and, and they were long reception, and then all of a sudden they catch that pass, the whole stadium, well, we're down like 40 points, but hey, don't care. Wah! And you can feel the excitement because why? People are there, and they just love their team. And we forget how awesome it is to be a part of the team that God has placed us in, to be a part of the family. And we, sometimes we feel alone or we feel abandoned, we feel hurt, we don't, we're confused by what's going on. But God wants us to know that there's something bigger happening than just where you are. You're a part of the process because I can't be a pastor to every single person in your world, but you can. You can tell them about Jesus. You can show them who Jesus is in your life. And then when we get together, like moments like this, and we start to pray, I don't know about you, but I can feel the, the, just the energy of his presence being here. And it just moves me. I start crying. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm macho. Why am I crying? Because it's overwhelming. My kids are like, no, Dad, you ain't macho. You ain't macho. They haven't painted my nails yet. All right? That's right. I ain't falling asleep with these girls in the house. Just <laughs> but I just break down in his presence because I realize he's bigger and he's great. And we lose that. We lose the fact that we're on a team that is called the body of Christ. And he is for us. He's not against us. 
He is for us. And why do I love to pray? You know, sometimes we, we, we talk about let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. Why do I love to pray? Well, like I mentioned earlier, my friend, you know, he says every time you pray, it came to pass. And I know this, that God answers prayer. And if I said this in church, your first response is, yes, he does. But do we pray with that confidence? Do we pray with that understanding that God is going to move on my behalf? That God is going to change things on my behalf? And you say, well, why do we pray anyways? God's going to do what he's going to do. You know, he's God. He doesn't need me to go and twist his arm and say, okay, God, give me this, give me this, give me this. But see, what people miss about prayer is the beauty of being with him. The beauty of being together in his presence with him and you beginning to experience who he is. He shares himself. He opens himself up and he says, hey, I want you to know who I am. This is what Jesus prayed in John 17. Jesus is praying and then he prays for the disciples and then he prays for us as believers saying, give them the kind of relationship that we have. Jesus, you know, Jesus wasn't a part of the clique. You know, because you remember those days back in school, there was always the clique. And you would go down and you would sit at the table and they would let you know you didn't belong at this table. Go somewhere else. You weren't a part of the group. Jesus says, no, I want everyone to be a part of this. I want everyone to have the same relationship that I have with my father. Now, I want you to, when you read your Bible, I want you to listen to how Jesus speaks about his father. How Jesus loves his father. How Jesus believes and trusts his father. And Jesus is confident that his father will move on his behalf because he is his son. Jesus says, I want you to have that same relationship. And this is why I think we struggle with prayer, because we don't believe that that's actually true for us. We don't believe that God loves us the way he loved his only son, but he does. And he is willing to do great things. I have a friend, I had a friend, he says, well, Pete, I know you believe in prayer and, you know, and all this, but why don't you just pray for a bigger church? Why don't you just pray for a million dollars? And I said, I have. I said, I said but, but that's not the point. The point is, is that, you know, I have. I said, but you know what? I'd rather be in his presence and know him than to get anything. I'd rather be just with him. And then all of a sudden, my heart changes. And it goes from, give me, give me, give me, to, hey, I'm looking forward to being with you, God. And then God doing these things. You know, my earthly father, my dad, in Michigan, he, uh, you know, my mom and him blessed us one time with the Yukon. And it came, it came, it came on one of the most horrible days I've ever experienced. And this was in 2019. And, and things were just horrible. And, and, uh, and, and that day I broke down and I just I couldn't take it. I was just struggling. And, and then I get a call from my mom and Mr. Call says, give me a call back. And I told my wife, you know, she's trying to comfort me, you know, get it together, macho man. You got this, you know, and I'm just like a baby, just worst day I could just imagine. And, and they called that day and and uh, we, you know, I straightened up my face and, you know, and I, I OK, OK, I, I look normal. And uh, we FaceTimed them and they they said, hey, we want to let you know that we just bought you a Yukon. And man, it was something else. And it was on the worst day possible. 
So I don't know about you, but I actually look forward to worse days now because good things happen on worse days. But it was on the worst day possible. And my dad said something. He says, you know, son, it's, it's always when you don't expect it, when you don't see it coming. Those are the miracles that are overwhelming and good. And you know, he's right. Because when we don't see it coming, when we don't see it happening, and then God does something great, it's like we're blown away. And that's why I love praying, not because I get things, but because I get to know him and I get to experience him. But why am I so confident in prayer? And this is why. Because I believe this. I believe the words of Jesus. I believe, ask anything in my name, you shall receive it. I believe that if we believe and do not doubt that whatever we ask for, we will receive it. I believe those things. But here's why I also believe this. Uh, it's 1 John. 1 John chapter 5 says this, verse 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have whatever we asked of him. Listen to what John is telling us. Now, John is a unique character in the Bible. Because, see, when Matthew wrote his gospel, he was writing it to the Jewish people. When Luke wrote his gospel, he's writing it. I, I believe he was writing it almost like a legal brief for Paul. It's a very, very detailed process of, of who Jesus was and how the Holy Spirit moved. And, and so it's a very detailed thing. Mark wrote his, his gospel, uh, very succinct, wrote it to the Roman people, you know, just very boom, 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 boom. But John has a different story. And all of them are trying to show the audience who Jesus is, and how he's the Messiah. But when it comes to the gospel of John, he writes his gospel completely different. He says, listen, I want to tell you about my best friend. I want to tell you about the one that is the Messiah. And he just right away just tells us. That's why we have, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, the Word was God, and there was nothing made without him. Right away, he tells us up front that if we believe in Jesus Christ, that we have the right to be children of God. I, I want you to let that just sink in for a moment. You have the right to be children of God. You have the right to come into the house, open up the fridge, and get food from the refrigerator. Because the state of Minnesota says that you have that right. Because you're our child. You live there in that home. I remember I had a friend, Chris Cruz, man. He was my best friend. So I found out he used to go into our place and steal our food all the time. That bum. Kicked him out. He didn't have the right to do that. Those tortillas were for me. I was wondering why they was always gone. Man. But see, he didn't have the right. I did. Because we're children. And we don't live that way. We don't act that way. But this is why I think prayer is so beautiful. Because it reminds us that we have the confidence to come into his presence. Now, we, we, we think that and we know that and we experience that here today to be in his presence. Just this morning, to be in his presence is just a, such a sweet thing. But think about this from an Old Testament perspective. To be in his presence, you better be the high priest. 
You better be the one who's gone through the details in order to make it happen. You better have gone through the ceremony of cleansing. You better have gone through make sure that everything was covered, that you prayed for the sins of the people and the nations, and then you would approach the holies of holies, this curtain, this veil that was there that separated the, the, the inside of the temple to the holies of holies because behind that curtain was the Ark of the Covenant, and it was the very presence of God that was there. And then when you would go, they would tie a rope around you and they would have all these bells on your outfit and you would have all these things on because if you went in there and you weren't pure you would drop dead and so every single priest was listening making sure they heard the bells and it wasn't because Clarence needed wings and it's a wonderful life it was because they wanted to make sure he wasn't dead and he would listen they would listen and he would go in there and he would pray for the people once a year and then he would come out High priest would come out, and, and I don't know about you, but if I was that high priest, I'd be like, "Woo! thank you, Lord. I don't have to do this for a whole nother year. You know, because inside the presence was God. He was inside that place was God. He was holy. He was righteous. And if you entered that place unfit, you would be struck and dead. And it was gone. You were gone. And now John says, listen. Because Jesus died for us, that veil has been torn. That veil is torn, and now we can enter in the presence of God. And I'll tell you this, that the presence of God has entered us. That his presence, his spirit now lives in us. So when John tells us this, that we have confidence, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, it's because he's already here in us. And when we go into his presence, this is what he says, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Well, how do we know we're praying according to his will? Get to know him. Why don't I pray for a million dollars? Because I know him. Why don't I pray for this and that? Because I know him. And I know that his heart says, hey, trust me. Or as his heart says, believe this. Just like my wife has been praying for a camper. We don't need a camper. I barely, barely have enough money to put in the Yukon. You want me to go pull a camper? We ain't got no camper. What do you want to get? But you know what she wants to pray for? So I put it on my prayer list. Camper. And I put in parentheses, this is what she wants, not me, God. All right? Why did I put it on my prayer list? Because I know this, that she knows this. It ain't coming from me. It's coming from God. Now, if God said, son, you don't need a camper, guess what? I take that off the list. But I'm going to pray his will. And if I don't know his will, I'm just going to pray. Because he'll let me know. He'll let me know if it's right or wrong. Because you have time with him in his presence. And that's why prayer is not just something. We don't just go to God and say, okay, we open up our notes program on our phone. I need this, 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 this. Thank you. And if you can deliver it by tomorrow, I'd appreciate it. Thanks. Amen. No, it's about getting to know him. It's about getting to know him. And the confidence that he hears us. That he hears us. So approach God with confidence and approach God knowing that he hears us. And if we ask according to his will, and if you don't know what his will is, get to know him. He'll teach you what his will is. He'll get, you'll, you'll get to know your dad. You'll get to know your father. You know, just like the boys, you know, when they're growing up, they would always push to the limit. You know, the boys would just push to the limit. And, and I'd, I would tell them sometimes, I said, all right, that's enough. You know, and they just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And finally, I told one of my sons, listen, you keep calling this phone number. You're going to answer, and someone's going to answer, and it's not going to be the one you think. So you better just chill. 
because you're going to end up dialing up the madman. And so they knew when to stop because they knew me. They knew when I was going through a lot on my mind, they would know not to ask or not to bother me. They knew when I was happy and excited to ask and to bother me. I mean, they knew me because I'm their dad. And if you don't know what his will is, God's the Father's will, get to know him. And then all of a sudden you realize maybe the things you were praying for is not exactly what he wanted. You know, when, when my wife was, uh, she graduated from college and, and, you know, she took some time off to recoup and then she went to go look for a job and she listed all these things that she wanted. I want this, 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 and she started praying for him. And guess what God did? He answered her prayer and not one thing on her list came true. <laughs> but he gave her the perfect job because we weren't thinking about certain things. We weren't anticipating certain things. And he ended up doing something better than what she had on her list. But she kept praying. Keep praying. Get to know his will. And then all of a sudden, you're going to find out that he hears you. And the Bible says, John says this. Number, this is John who's writing this. Jesus' best friend. Jesus' best friend here on earth. You know, because they had his 12 and then his 3 and then he had John. And it was his best friend. And, and John is letting you know, I want to tell you something about, about my best friend. That if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. This is where we struggle the most when it comes to prayer. Okay, okay, I'm going to get to know you, God. I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to seek you. Okay, okay. And, and I'm going to ask for things. Okay, God, I need this. I need this. I need this. Okay, okay. But then the last part comes, and it says this. Whatever, he, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Do you prepare for God to answer you? Do you prepare? You see, so many times we ask, but we're not preparing. Maybe, you know, we're, we're asking for a better job. Well, are you preparing? Are you gathering up your resume? Are you making sure that you got, you know, different skill sets or whatever? Or maybe you're asking for a miracle to happen. Are you preparing? Are you getting ready for anticipating it to happen? You have to prepare for those moments. Weeks ago when the college football championship playoffs were coming, Michigan was in the game. I knew that they were going to lose. But I didn't tell my family that. Why? Because I prepared. Because if they knew that they were going to lose, dad wouldn't go out and buy buffalo wings. Dad wouldn't go out and get the party food. But we prepared. And we watched as we got our butts kicked. But I prepared because I wanted my family to enjoy it. My son was down too, and he was happy. He got wings. We got to prepare. One time I was praying for when I was in, back in Michigan, I was praying for a piano. Um, the way I learned piano was because I was trying to get the girl. I didn't get the girl, but I got to learn how to play piano. And uh, I found out that you play through, for me, I asked my friend to teach me how to play, and he showed me a few chords, and then my mind, like, how to, what is a chord? And I start to realize that it's literally a mathematical equation. It's the root key plus four notes plus three notes. And all of a sudden, I, I come to find out that's a major chord, and a minor is R plus three plus four. That's a minor chord, and I start realizing that guitars have these chords, and it just, and all of a sudden I start learning to play piano, and next thing you know, I'm just applying math to piano, and next thing you know, I can play, but I didn't have one at my house. I didn't have one, so I just said, God, would you 
please give me a piano. God, I need a piano. I know that my parents aren't going to buy me one. So I'm asking you, God, would you please give me a piano? As a little boy, I put my faith and my hope and my confidence in God. And one day God said to me, are you even preparing for a piano? Because, see, my room was downstairs. And I, I, I lived downstairs, and it looked like one of those old horror movies. The furnace had arms coming out. The thing was just, it was brutal. But I was downstairs. And God said, are you prepared for it? So what did I do? I started preparing a little space for my piano. And I started preparing, and I got it all straightened up. And I shoved everything off to the side. And that, that's where my piano is. And then all of a sudden at church, someone says, hey, are you looking for a piano? I was like, yeah. Well, will you... Will you uh, you know, this person here says they have a piano if you want it. Well, I'll take it. Thank you, Jesus. And I prepared and he answered. So we go and we pick up the piano and we put it in this little, you know, little S10, little half truck thing, you know, real small truck. And we put it in there. Boom. This thing was old, man. This thing was heavy. This thing was big. And we put it in there, you know, because, you know, we're not professional piano player movers. We, uh, we just strap it in. We turn the corner. and Boom. The thing falls out. The keys looked like, you know, just all over. It looked like a tidal wave. The wood pieces everywhere. My dad was with us. He was embarrassed. He says, boys, get it in the truck. Boom, throw it in the truck. Go take off. And, and then, you know, and then it's time to put it downstairs. And, and he says, he says, you know, we get there. And he's all right, let's get it downstairs. And it wasn't just like everyone lift. It was boom, 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 boom. Throw it down there. Boom, 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 boom. And everyone leaves. And here I am stuck with this nasty looking piano. Pieces everywhere. The keys were all over. And I remember I just said, God, it was beautiful. This piano was perfect. And it was. It was just, it was in tune. It was just played well. The keys felt good. And now look at this thing. Pieces and destroyed. It's all open. You see everything. And, and the keys literally were just warped. And I said, God, I prayed you would give me a piano. This isn't funny. And said, God said this to me. He said, you prayed for a piano. I gave you a piano. Now play. Come on, God. What are you talking about? So I go up to this piano and I look at this thing. I realize that one of the keys was wedged over. I tried to move it. So I go over and I grab the screwdriver. I just try to wiggle the key just to get it off because it's kind of like overlapping. Just hit it. And all of a sudden, the, every single key, all 88 of them, boom, fell right into place. I step back and I said, whoa. Ding! That sounded good. Ding! That sounded good. And all of a sudden, I started playing in that piano. I kid you not, was in perfect tune. You see, God will answer your prayers. And it may not turn out the, exactly the way you thought it would, but he hears you. And if you hold on and are confident in God, it may look ugly. It may not look like it's perfect, but God will hear you. And he will move on your behalf. And when you're done, you will play. And what did I do? I started playing on that thing. That thing was awesome. And I would worship on that piano. I would just be in his presence on that piano. Why? Because I prayed. I was confident. I prepared. 
And even when it looked like all hope was lost, I still believe. Why? Because God loves us so much that he will answer our prayers. That thing was awesome. Then my parents moved and they said, sorry, son, we ain't taking that with us. We couldn't get it out of the basement. It was too heavy. But that piano was with me. But you know what? You have to be confident in your prayer. And as a little boy, I didn't understand the depth of prayer. I just knew that everyone said prayer worked. I go to church. People say pray, and it would work. So I prayed, and God began to speak to me. And I'll tell you this. I'll never trade my moments of prayer with God because I get to know who he is. So if you don't know what the will of God is, get to know him. Seek him and prepare. Be confident. Enter into his presence. And when you pray, he will hear you. And when he hears you, he will move on your behalf. He is your loving heavenly father, and his love will never end for you. So keep believing. Have confidence. You may feel like Charleston Heston right now, thinking you can't hold on. Remember, your job is to hold on and believe. God's job is to make you win. So let's be people of prayer. Let's be people that continue to pray. And I believe this, that the prayers you prayed this morning, God's going to answer. Don't you, don't you even doubt it. God's going to answer because he loves you that much. Amen? Amen.